When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. D-O-I in apostrophe. I-T-W-I-T. H-T-A-N-N-Y and J-E-N-N-Y. Boom. Wow. Boom. Wow. Thank you again, Eli Braden, for our theme song. We thank you every time it plays, and it's still not enough. That's how good that song is. It's so damn good. It's emotional. Okay. It's I like it. it you know what else makes me emotional, Danny? Um, Your cycle? It... <laughs> Bingo, bitch. <laughs> you know she does. She's a feisty little bee. But you know who else makes me happy besides Sorry. Miss Psych? Well, they're they're one and the same, I guess. But your cycle yeah. and and well, I call my cycle Billy Corbin, the great Billy <laughs> <I> actually, Corbin. <laughs> no, y'all, everyone. Okay, this is a return guest. We love him. He's our friend. He has an amazing documentary out on Hulu called God Good Forbid. Shit. Amazing, Billy Corbin. Everyone, God forbid. I felt like I God forbid. God forbid on Hulu. It's it's a great, great documentary. But even apart from that, it's one, it's tight. It's an it's one movie about a subject. And it is not, as certain other documentaries are tending to do now, stretching a 45-minute story into 20 hours of documentary. And 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 this was just so brilliant what you did with this i i mean billy corbin thank you so much for coming back yes thank you well, i'm just I, we haven't talked about this yet so i'm just here to for your compliments i'm, just, oh, I'm here for your for oh, we, your, su- we your, suck up like no one like no yeah, one sucks up as good but it was it, 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 it so for those who haven't seen um god forbid on hulu which you really should it is the story of the taking down of um of Jerry Falwell Jr. at, at Liberty University um, from the guy who cuckolded him um, intentionally, the pool boy. Yeah. Uh, I, and I actually think the working title was the pool boy for a while. Am I wrong? It was, yeah. And then we had this, yeah, you know, this this conversation with Giancarlo in in the interview. Part of it is in in the doc. Yeah. And his sister, Lilia, his older sister, who we interviewed as well, who was there. She's seven years older. So she's more of like a, a confidant and like yeah. mentor and friend. So like because he told her that he was yeah. going to meet up with this older couple more than twice his age and have sex with the wife while the husband watched. Like, I don't know that if I had an older sister, I'd run right home and tell her. Um, about, I have a little brother and I don't think he would tell me if that <laughs> was going to gonna happen. But but anyway, um. You know, they talked about how he, you know, the pool boy, um, like he just he looked at it as a as like a, a, a like an epithet. You know, it was like something yeah. that like he felt infantilized him and really and and I actually likened it to and his sister did too. This this is a deleted scene, but she talked about she likened the situation to that of Monica Lewinsky, where yes. you, you you not only had this yeah. power disparity with the with the couples and this young person. But you also had like their PR machine that attempted to like crush and destroy the reputation of this young person. But then you also have this once private individual with with no 
with like three Google hits. If you Googled him, his Twitter, his Instagram, and his LinkedIn. Now all of a sudden you Google him and it's pool boy this, pool boy that. And the one job he had for one year when he was 20 years old, he is forever branded just like Monica Lewinsky. We're like, oh, the intern, right? So it's like, right. it was a very, and I, and I understood that. And he was like, I don't know that I want to be in a documentary called The Pool Boy. And I'm like, yeah, I, I feel you. I totally yeah. respect that. I totally respect it. It is amazing. You talk about the privacy issue. What you made, because again, I followed this when it happened live without knowing any of the details in between, much as we did with Monica Lewinsky. I mean, I've, I've often thought I was a comedy writer um, on late night during the time of her stuff. And I've, I've I've done a real accounting of the kinds of jokes I wrote because and 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 seen it and seen it there so that you did it in real time. But what you're really able to do was um, show just the courage it took for this guy, the risks he took, you really set up the power structure of these people. And, um, and uh, in a way that I did not, I, 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 when just watching the story, I hadn't thought about it in that way. And I, I I liken the story or the doc anyway, to it's the movie get out meets the righteous gemstones. It's like, you know, Giancarlo (laughs) is like honey trapped into this world of, power, privilege, religion. He's brought into this inner circle of the Falwells. He is literally rubbing shoulders with the most powerful people in the friggin' world. Um, And and there's red flags along the way and increasingly more so and bigger. But but then he eventually gets to that point where he's like, I gotta get the hell out of here, right? Like, and so, but but the, the, the idea that within six months of meeting them and he meets them, the yeah. president and first lady of the largest Christian university in the world. He meets them. He's 20 years old, working as a pool attendant at the beautiful, luxurious Fountain Blue Hotel yeah. in Miami Beach, one of the most famous hotels uh, in the world. And he gets propositioned by this woman more than twice his age. who He helped set up her like bed. They had like these round beds, you know, next to the right. pool that, you know, yeah. and he was bringing her drinks and whatever food. And, and she she's flirting with him and then propositions him. And then the catch is, yeah, you might come up to my room later after your shift. My husband likes to watch. And so <laughs> six months after that, at Liberty University in the fall of 2012, meeting Donald Trump backstage in the green room, shaking his hand in this incredibly awkward picture with Jerry and Becky looking up like kind of in the background while he's, he's shaking hands with, with Donald (laughs) Trump. And he's on a private personal tour of Liberty university given by the president, you know, by, by Jerry and and Becky with, with Donald Trump, his entourage, which included Michelle Bachman and Michael Cohen, of course, his right hand man in fixer. But like, and he's there with this copy of, uh, or the deal to get autographed by Donald Trump. This kid, because he was raised as a conservative Cuban American Catholic boy in Miami, um, and was like, and like this was like, no, this the was dream. The, this was like the you know for people who weren't particularly intellectually curious, this was like what you thought a business tycoon was. It was like yeah. it was the char- I mean, it, it, he was always a caricature of that to people who knew. Yeah. But he had successfully parlayed that into you know into into a thing and certainly the apprentice helped that a lot it's like it's like if the monopoly man had syphilis i always really you know i use the monopoly (laughs) man all the time this is why i love (laughs) but but uh, but, uh, even more extraordinarily is that 11 months after meeting them poolside at the fountain blue he's now 21 he can legally drink now but he is also a real estate millionaire because Jerry Falwell Jr. has purchased a $4.65 million commercial real estate with a business in it for, for Giancarlo to run, to give him something to do during the day. And he's left the Fountain Blue Hotel and he's now got a 20, almost 25% stake in this $4.65 million property that he co-owns with Becky Falwell, who has 50.1%. Uh, Jerry Falwell the third, who they call Trey, uh, their yeah. oldest son, Jerry and Becky's oldest son, who has 25%, and then Giancarlo has 24.9% of the building that has a very popular Italian restaurant, Macchialina, to this day. Uh, yeah. It used to have a liquor store, and then it had on top was what uh, Politico referred to as a, quote, gay-friendly flop house, end quote, which was a, which is a come all, come everyone, you, uh, youth <laughs> come hostel. Everywhere. Yeah. Come everywhere. Oh, thank you. You beat me to it, damn it, Jenny. <laughs> thank you. 
<laughs> I should chime in. I'm sorry. I felt like I was being quiet. God damn it. I was literally winding up to come anywhere. I caught you in mid-cough. I was like, ah, Jenny, 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 this the sniper there. The Jerry Falwell in the corner, and then all of a sudden just comes right at us. I'm never going to beat Jenny to a jizz joke ever. No, no. Try all day long, my friend. Good luck. Go ahead, Billy. No, I mean that's it. I mean, like this guy, you know, is living his dream and let's be real jerry and, and becky were living their dream in miami too they were living their best lives and that's the important thing about this is that no one wants to kink shame them in fact they seem wonderful like they seem fabulous like yeah. i want to party with those people <laughs> sure <laughs> but you here's the thing what you do so well in the documentary is it's because it clearly isn't kink shaming throughout no. and you 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 lay that in what becomes the problem is laying down those incredibly restrictive rules at Liberty University and the the whole the, the holy roller thing that Jerry Falwell Jr. had managed to avoid for a very long time and then got sucked into that power situation and was and embraced it so wholeheartedly and the hypocrisy and yeah. the people he hurt um at, while doing all this you just you constructed that really well it wasn't yeah. Yeah. Well, Jer Jerry Jr. was by training and trade a real estate yeah. lawyer. Um, and he turned Liberty University into what some of the students described as not a uh, Christian university, but a real estate hedge fund for, for Jerry Falwell Jr. And he became very wealthy and very powerful and, and practically owns uh, uh, the aptly named Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, but he <laughs> and amassed this real estate portfolio. Uh, using maybe some of his money, some of Liberty's money. No one really knows. It was a big gray area there ever since Papa Papa Falwell founded the you know the uh, the place. But um, yeah. but Jerry Jerry loved Donald Trump because he, he he Donald Trump was more than that, right? He wasn't yeah. just a boring real estate magnate. He was this larger than life character who could say anything, do anything, had a lot of power and a lot of sweat. And so Jerry Jr. wanted to be. Donald Trump is really yeah, what because you know, Donald Trump could be. be holier than thou, but also was like you know cheating on his. It was like he found a kindred spirit at least in like a generous. Um, but was, also, but also Donald Trump didn't at the beginning anyway. Didn't have to pretend he was a piece yeah. of shit, and he was proudly exactly. a piece of shit. And so, but Jerry Jr. had to put on these airs of being like at least the son of a man of God, you know. And and, right. and in yeah, fact, yeah. in like you know uh, uh, when Paul Senior died in 07, he split the business, basically. He, his oh. youngest son, Jonathan Falwell, who was a preacher, a man of God, a true believer, he put him in charge of the ministry of the Thomas Baptist, oh. uh, the Thomas Road Baptist Church. And Jerry Jr. took over the business of the university. Wow. And so he knew that that temperament temperament wise, like that there was yeah. going to be a split a division of of responsibility uh, here. And Jerry Jr. never really wanted to be a religious leader, but. I'll be damned if he didn't love the power and the money oh, the, that the pulpit it. brought him. You watch, yeah. it, you watch it happen. And the other thing that was so fascinating, and I have so many questions about this because watching it was there, was just how quickly um, Jerry Jr. throws his wife under the bus <laughs> in a I way. Mean. And, and clearly, I mean, they're still together, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, they're, 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 Tight. Yeah. 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 They're business, so, they're business partners at this point. So, they're not breaking up that you have to clear that. Like these guys, I mean, they the humiliation kink alive in both of them is so strong because obviously he can watch his wife be satisfied by somebody else, you know, all, all that way. But she can allow herself to be the the inf, you know, the 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 one who's like uh the slut, basically. Yeah. And, and that was apparently the scheme all along. And I don't think oh. it was just Jerry's idea. No, I, I don't like, think it was either. They're, they're, the two of them are like, we interviewed Megan K. Stack, who, who profiled them post-scandal and spent a lot of time with them and, and describes their marriage today. Like, they're, you know, like not yeah. just then, but she's like, she's, I've never seen two married people who were that intertwined 
with each other, like where they just finished each other's sentences, all these decades later, like where they finished each other's sentences, where like they would kind of put, I'd call and they'd put me on speaker, whoever I call, and like we, they would talk, talk together. Like there was just an absolute mind meld, you know, between the two of them. And she just thought it was, it was a very unique, uh, particularly after what they've been through, a very unique bond. So they probably have like a joint email account too, probably. Yeah. Like, Come fuck, come fuck us. And, and it was also a time like when Becky's like, when Becky calls her and she's like, listen, I'm in the car. Yeah. I wanted to call you when I was away from Jerry so that we could talk. Yeah. And Megan said, she said, she said, she believed that Jerry wasn't there, but she believed that that was something that they had plotted together so that they could, that she could I ingratiate see. herself to the reporter to be like, now we're like best. And everybody said that about Becky. She's like wonderful, warm, like this. You meet her once and you're like BFFs. You're like girlfriends. You're like, it's, yeah. you know, you're gossiping. And you're just like, she just has this wonderful way of like the perfect politician's wife, you know, really yeah. in that yeah. way, you know, the perfect She's first lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, but people really liked her. Um, especially really young, young, men, young men really, really took to yeah, well, So this is, what, this is what I thought at the end of this. I thought like the big burden for these two, obviously, was it's not this lifestyle. It was that it was the juxtaposition of what they were representing. Now, on some level, do you believe Jerry and her and Becky, do you believe that they are, because now they can do whatever they, I mean, it does strike me that they have no image to maintain. Do you think that they're like, is there a part of them that's happy right now? Like, I, I have no reason to believe that they're not continuing. When, yeah. you're, when you're into something, you're into something. That's how I believe yeah. it. Honestly, I think that if they were younger and in better health, like, oh, yeah, they true. probably they probably would have would have been. Like, there is some element, and we address this, like, perhaps of self-sabotage here, where yeah. just, like, they were so brazen that maybe it was just like, ah, fuck it. You know, like, it was some sort of kamikaze act at this point, because, like, they couldn't live, openly live the life they wanted to uh, to live, but but on it, but they had they had it so cozy, dude. All their children were employed. All their daughters-in-law were employed by the by university. The way, yeah. By the way, how gross is it? How they in in the the pictures of him with the kids, like, is... all the way through. And I I was wondering because obviously none of them would come forward for the documentary. But do you have any like? When the children found out that this was what was going on, so that that guy you brought to the wedding, your apprentice, basically, was fucking mom. Was there any repercussions to that between the kids? Do you know anything about that? So when he met them, the the, the two sons were adults already. Um, the daughter was a little younger, but grew up, obviously, over the 10 yeah. years that, that they were in this, or uh, uh, seven years that they were in this relationship, the secret cuckold threesome relationship together um yeah. Giancarlo actually attended of the son's weddings oh within wow. about a year or so we only we only addressed the one because we had all the photos and videos of him there yeah. that we could con that we could corroborate and confirm but he went to both son's uh weddings and um I hope he made a toast and, and had <laughs> and, and he had um yeah, with this, well, you know, at a Jewish wedding, they lift you up on a chair. At, the, at the, this wedding, they turn the chair upside down um, and, then, and, and then sat. So anyway, so um, the... We're not cutting that out, by the way. That is staying in. Your, your joke about the chair legs going up somebody's butt is staying in. I just that want will... you to know that. Gotta, yeah, that's going to be gotta, a promo clip for this episode. <laughs> I got to leave that to Jenny from now on. I'm going to, Jenny, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start texting you my jokes and you can then just do them for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I have to say, I, I will say one thing about this is I did not think, because I didn't know going into it, like when it was still originally called the pool boy, like how he was going to come across. I thought y'all did a great job. Of, he did not come across poorly. He was very honest. His sister was my favorite person. By far. Of all time. I'm like, I don't yeah. know what he would do without her. Like, she was the most stable individual. I don't know what I would do without her. <laughs> no, I, but I agree with that. I think that without her voice, you, you maybe don't have a doc in a way. She was months. so much credibility. Like, like, she took gave me, it took me eight months to get that interview. Wow. Well, so, you nailed it. It's so helpful. I didn't. She came around. I mean, like, it wasn't up to me, you know? Like, well, I didn't. 
I didn't convince her. I couldn't, you know, like when she says I'm a private person, I don't want to have anything to do with this. I don't want to be on camera talking about my little brother's sex life. I'm like, I have no argument. Like I have no, no you know, like you're right. Like, you know, and, and, but she eventually, she called me and she's like, I think, you know, I, I called, I'm sorry. I called her. I was like, just checking in. We're going to wrap this up you know, pretty soon. Like any further thoughts and, and she did it. And she's my that, voice. She's my voice. Like no, my surrogate voice. In the that's what she it was, feels like. Yeah. Do you feel like she did that since it took eight months? Like she was doing it just to get his back, like just to get her brother's back on this. Like, do you think well, that's so, why she did it? So we, yeah, it's a good, it, like a lot of this since the fall was obviously did not give us an interview. Um, this is a lot of, you know, it, it feels like, this is this is well this is his telling of the story right yeah. but we needless to say we and our lawyers did not take his word for anything i mean th this yeah. was fact checked and refact checked and corroborated and cross checked and things that things that i believed he i believed him but we couldn't corroborate didn't make you know the cut like he he provided us copious amounts of text messages the vast majority of which did not make the cut he provided us emails, photos, videos, a tiny fraction of which is excerpted at the end of the doc, the least, I should say, the least explicit passages of which are, are excerpted at the end of the doc. Um, but that went on for two years. I mean, we interviewed him for about four or five days on camera, but the vetting and the and my phone calls and the lawyering, like that went on for two years. So the way he talks about being put through the ringer by Reuters, you know, to like yeah. over the summer of the 20th, yeah. like we put him through that all over again on steroids. And, and so I think his sister like realized that like- You were doing due diligence. You and he needs- and he needs all the help he can get just in terms of like someone's co-signing and someone saying, I was there. I learned about, I saw some of this myself. I was an eyewitness and some of it I can corroborate contemporaneously because he was confiding in me. I think she knew that, that, that someone needed to, to come to, to support him. Yeah. And it, it really played out. Now I, the, the, the question I want, clearly you went, I'm sure you tried to get Michael Cohen in this. I'm sure. Like, I talked to him. <laughs> but what's what was see this is what i liked about this doc because we're right now in a in, in a state of mind where obviously the the enemy of my enemy is my friend and i understand that completely mea culpa divorce mea yeah. culpa but like so but you did a very good job of reminding us who it michael cohn at least was in this in, in this scenario and yeah. and i found it I, I'm just reading between the lines because I've always felt like we are elevating him too much. I'm glad he's doing this, what he's done. And I, I, I'm, yeah. I'll take it every step of the way, but let's not deify him because he is, or canonize him in any way because he, and you did a really good job of that. But what was very damning to me was his absence from your documentary, which made, which, which to me, in a way, confirms some stuff that I feel about him. Yeah. So, yes, I would rather him be on our side, right? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> like, course. yes. Yeah. That said, however, you know, like, yeah. like yes, I, like, let's keep this in perspective here. Like, you know, I, I, he's not a hero. I don't think he would say that he's a hero. No. I, I, yes, I think there is a tendency to say that some of the people who escaped from to deify some of the people who have escaped from that cult. Um, but it's one thing when you've escaped from a cult as a victim or follower of said cult. It's another thing when you escape from that cult in as a position a hit that man. he was in. To, right. To do real damage to, to, to the people, to the country, to the, you know, I mean, wasn't he world. called a fixer or whatever? Like, wasn't that his nickname? He was an enforcer. That's what yeah. he was. Yeah. And then he could get those two thugs to like, drop their fucking case like because because that should have been the end of the goddamn story right there yeah but that that trump gets the nomination and gets gets going this way and that michael Cohn has the power to thwart those two who 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 had who were going to expose the relationship well before trump's presidency is wild so so what happens for people who haven't seen it yet of course is that is that this this made big major duty real estate transaction turns into a lawsuit or the threat of a lawsuit initially from some former 
a former friend of Giancarlo, the pool attendant, and that the kid's father, who is a who is a former uh, now unlicensed bankrupt uh, uh, real estate uh, a hustler in Miami. Um, and it, it turns ac- uh, acrimonious, and they start to threaten action, which would uh, uh, obviously be a public record, and that through this legal public record, they would reveal what they believed to be the true nature of the relationship between Giancarlo and, and the Falwells, which wasn't just the real estate partnership, and that they had photographic evidence to prove yes. that that relationship was more intimate. And so it becomes this kind of veiled threat of if you don't settle this dispute before it goes public, then everybody's going to learn everything about this. Yeah. And so that's when uh, uh, Jerry Jr. calls in his uh, uh, the, uh, Michael Cohen, who he met in the fall of 2012, right. when Giancarlo went yeah, to, to, to meet Donald Trump at, at, at Liberty uh, University. And he basically says, we're getting trouble from these guys. Can you make this go away? And in fact, for several years, he successfully made them go away. And um, I talked to Michael Cohen, on, not on camera, obviously, but uh, about about this this episode. But one thing I want to say about those two guys, the Fernandezes, is that they may very well be the heroes of this story, because if not for them, as you said, you said yes. yourself, the story should have ended right there. But if not for them later emerging from the shadows and and taking action uh, and f- actually filing a lawsuit against the Falwells and Giancarlo, we might we would not be having no. this conversation. Yeah. They were early. They were early adopters. And <laughs> honestly, like they were, they were a, like the Winklevoss twins, yeah, right? Not, like, to, <laughs> not to do a commercial for your other um, uh, uh, documentary, Screwball, but I felt like Giancarlo has a little porter in him, but with a little bit like just a little bit, because again, it's a, somebody you underestimate who brings it down. And I'll add to that to do a commercial for doing it with Danny and Jenny. We're going to take a break right now. And I just want to say maybe my best segue ever into a commercial. Doing it, Nation. Buckle up because Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting for football and basketball this season. You'll always find that was a good windup. The oh, latest odds. Uh, you're going to learn matchup info. I'm doing it very naturalistic, like I'm not reading. That's why I'm doing these pauses. You're also going to learn player news and game trends at Bet Online. Always your continued source for sports wagering information. Bet online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Here's look, guys, I'm gonna level with you. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet your favorite NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even Get ready, golf games and events. Head to betonline.ag. Yeah, you heard me right. Betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50, that is CLNS50, to receive all your rewards. CLNS50. CLNS50. It's that easy to remember. CLNS50. I mean, CLNS50. it rolls off the tongue. Yeah, so that's CLNS50. actually um, when I go to the ATM, guess what my passcode is? I know. I know. CLNS50. Okay. I'm glad you changed it from 1234. Then um, <laughs> online. Yeah. It's where the game starts. It is where the game starts. That's yes. the tagline. And we're back. But Jenny, you were saying that you were picking up Porter vibes as well? Yeah. Porter Fisher from Screwball. Yeah. I was I was texting Billy as I'm watching. God forbid, I'm like I'm picking up major Porter vibes. I'm getting the major like this is going to be the person that fuck, like just implodes this whole dynasty. Like one person, sort of like the least expecting individual. It was like that naive earnestness, right? Yeah. Like like to him that that sort it of. Tra- just, but then there's oh, but there's also this like like malevolent like hint of malevolence. Like, yes. you know, like, <laughs> He, he, he not, I mean, Giancarlo is not as guileless as um, as as Porter was, 
But I do find like in all of these sort of tragedies and the bring downs, you know, when you talk about like people committing a crime and getting sloppy at one point, and it's yeah. always that, it's always that, they, you know, they took down Al Capone on tax evasion. You know, <laughs> it's like, they, 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 like these things, it's always the small thing. Like you'll cover the DNA evidence and yeah. it's the fucking small thing. So, you know, we, we and, and, and there was more screwball-esque shit in there. The cast of characters surrounding the Fernandezes were so hilarious. It, it really did. There was an opportunity there to kind of uh, uh, expand on that, but it, it, it took us away from the core of the story. And what we couldn't ever really nail down and corroborate was how did the Fernandezes get the photos. So very much in screwball fashion, there's this heist movie element to it, but we weren't able to crack it. And we weren't able, and so we don't, it, we made the decision, obvi well, obviously for runtime reasons as well, to sort of, yeah. to focus, you know, to focus the, 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 the plot the way that we did. But there's a lot of me in my, and like, Screwball, it's this butterfly effect story, right? Of like, a, really? a butterfly flaps its wings in Miami and it changes kind of the course of of world yeah. events, whether it's the history of Major League Baseball, the the future of the free world in this case, like literally this cuckold threesome between a twenty year old pool attendant and this this you know middle aged couple at the Fountain Blue, like may very well have determined the last two presidential elections. No, like, and, and, and to that to that end, Billy, like when you were first telling me about this, like when we we, we were talking, we were all out one night. And you're talking about it, and you're talking about it in the larger context of the relationship and this like come to Jesus moment, look forward to the expression yeah. for <laughs> John Carlo. But uh, you he, he very credibly, very credibly presents a case that the Trumpism and all of that it entailed and how he was complicit and did something about it. it, it, it it's like that's what we want these people to do. And people who are savvier and more worldly mostly have not done that. I mean, sure, there's been like the Liz Cheney and the Kensinger and the people who've gone against him. But like people like I, I would suggest that Lindsey Graham is a person who is savvier than John Carlin. I would suggest and and yet to sort of double down on this in a way. I can't wait for your documentary on Lindsey Graham, by the way. Please <laughs> make that happen. Oh my! Oh my! Oh my. <laughs> yeah, because I want to know what happened on that golf course. He hated Donald Trump. <laughs> went to Bedford one weekend, came back, loved Donald Trump. What did they show him? Because I don't care what was on a tape that incriminated Lindsey Graham. Nothing could be more embarrassing than his behavior since then. So <laughs> I need to know all this stuff. I'm sorry, I'm ranting. No, no. It's, I mean, yeah, the, 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 that man has publicly humiliated himself for for years and inexplicably like because he was right on the money during the primary you know during the, the 2016 uh primary and Lindsey the Graham. first year yeah. into his presidency he yeah, was, that's right he was, he was right. negative negative and now like he's bffs with herschel walker it's like, i mean they they the video that the blackmail video must be epic that's all i can say it must be next level blackmail video of lindsey graham it has to be and a I, lot of I people remember saying it's because he's with kids but i'm not going to say that because that's a legend <laughs> and i refuse and i'm not going to incriminate you and i don't believe that but i'm hearing that in, in 2016 in our office in miami beach um our we shared uh, an office area with like what you uh, where Roger Stone used to have his office, no. like right right down the hall, right. And so all of the mail mm -hmm. comes into this like kind of central area, and then all the the tenants come and we pick up our our mail. So one day we get uh, this is 2016. We get some mail uh, in our office, and we're going through it and. My producing partner Alfred Spellman finds like a one of those like Manila envelope with like the built in built in like a bubble wrap, you know, like almost like yes, kind of yeah, the yeah, shape, yeah, yeah, like the, the shape the shape of probably like I a, know exactly a small the kind you're talking like, about. Yeah. Yes, like a bit. So and he looks at it. He goes, "Oh, it was addressed to Roger." And so um, he takes it over. It's about the size. I was like for the for 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 those of, of your your audience of a certain age, a VHS tape, roughly, you know, the <laughs> packaging, and so. Um, we give it to our, our landlord and said, oh, this came for Roger. You want to forward this to him in Fort Lauderdale, wherever he is now. Um, and then later that year, Alfred goes, that was the Moscow piss tape. Uh, it had to be. It had to be. Oh, <laughs> like, 
We're like, and 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 I, and, then, and but now I'm wondering if maybe it wasn't uh, it wasn't uh, Lindsey oh, Graham. LG. Was it very, yeah, some very <laughs> special <laughs> episode of uh, the Golden Girls. Yeah. You, the Golden Shower, the Lindsay Golden Graham. Shower Girls, if you will. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> That's br- okay. Bravo, and bravo <laughs> beating Jenny to that. Golden shower. Girl. I know. I, I I'm embarrassed. I was taking a sip of my drink, and then he got me. I've never been more proud of you. Like I love cocaine cowboys. Nothing compares to you just doing that piss joke. So there you go. <laughs> and a Miami relate a Miami related piss joke. No less. Miami- and, and and I think my 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 dumbest and also simultaneously most underrated shtick on on social media is that whenever I see a tweet about Lindsey Graham, it doesn't matter where or who or yeah. what. I reply with a gif of Blanche from the Golden Girls, like it's, every every yes, single I, time. And I think I actually DM. I, I, I love that, that so much when you do that. So, <laughs> so, so um, I'm 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 a fan of that. Um, uh, do um, before I'm so we, petty. I'm so yeah. petty. Oh, me too. <laughs> oh, so petty. I'm Richard Petty. <laughs> Is there anything you're 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 currently because obviously you when you're the kind of person who when you are working on one thing you have the next thing brewing. Is there something in the works that you can talk about? Uh, not and really. Not now. Just, afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will come back here anytime. Yeah, we're we're we're. I I, I wanted to uh. I want to do a dramatic adaptation of God forbid and call it uh, cuckold cowboys is what I'm hoping. Oh, uh, that's hoping, to, <laughs> hoping to do. <laughs> Maybe we'll turn it into a series. Um, yeah. But no, we're like, what's incredible about, and it's, you know, uh, a really weird time in our industry. Um, it seems like, it seems like uh, a wall street is trying to like dismantle it uh, slowly, but surely, but, um, but incredibly also we have like this, you know, a God forbid is, is they just announced uh, what like last week, that it's the uh, the most watched doc in Hulu history. That's um, awesome. Uh, yeah, and it and, should and, be because it's really, really, it's really. I'm not just saying this because I love you. It's like yeah. this is truly like a special, special documentary, and it's bigger than just the cuckold story. It yeah. actually like history turns on the events of this. I, I and I don't I don't mean to be hyperbolic, but I really mean it. It's like it's uh, by removing. Liberty that removing that evangelical machine from twenty the twenty twenty election by virtually cutting off its balls and like not letting it be there it really really helped Biden win. and what was kind of interesting to me like not to harp on the on the the, the first act but like also like and th- this was a pod we had to cut we um I I didn't know what a cuckold until about 2015, 2016, during that cycle, when when someone called me one on Twitter because I was clearly not supporting Donald Trump, yeah. and so you know, libtard, cuck, whatever, yeah, um, I get, and so I made the terrible mistake of googling it, uh, and so uh, to discover what and what I thought was just kind of richly ironic. And now there's like articles and think pieces since then about how like how cuck became like this right wing insult of the left. And it's always like, and it pretty, this is obviously a lesson, a moral of the, or a lesson of the um, Trump era is that, you know, uh, every accusation is a confession, right? I wrote this in my book about the Trump war. It's like literally like everything they accuse you of. It's and and there's a reason why these people think about cuckolding so much. There's a reason why <laughs> pedophilia is at top of yeah. the mind with when, these and, people. Yeah. Because you're you're sheeple, you're sheep. It's like you're yeah. literally in a flock. Like that's what you call like you call, you're like you are yeah. just following whatever some crazy person on a pulpit says. Like, what are you talking about? They've managed to make Trump derangement syndrome a thing that we have, not you following this, right. like, per, this empty, narcissistic C minus student who yeah, cares nothing about you. Like, who's deranged here? Yeah. It, I just, it, and the fucked up thing is, like, with watching, like, God forbid, and it all implodes. And the people who believed in, Liberty University and believed in Trump, all that shit comes out in the wash and they're like, well, uh, what about the Clintons? Look what they did. You know, like they just, they just blame they're shit. still doing Hunter Biden's laptop. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's, by, the, by the way, I found another one. I have, I have it here. Uh, another yeah, laptop another. I have here. I did, oh. But, no, I, but I, I'll tell you, Jenny, I kind of, and, and Giancarlo did too. 
felt a little bad for like the Liberty community because, you know, there's some true believers there and there's parents who sent their children to be educated in a Christian institution. And and like and now they're like like the value of their diploma and the quality of their education. I mean, it's just like because of these people, it's not there. Yeah, I I felt the same way when I watched Happy Valley, the Penn State. Yes, I agree. And those kids that were on it that are like, great, my whole life I dreamed of going to Penn State. I get into Penn State and now it's a fucking joke. Now my degree, wipe my ass with it. Like, that's how I feel for those poor Liberty University students. I feel exactly the same way. And it's always been the case, especially with Trumpism, that there are, as much as I hate him and as much as harm he's done to us, there's no group of people he harms more than the people who believe in him. Like, it it always, like, I'm never going to give a penny to him. And they're like, they're, his emails four times a day, which are just oh, being used too. to fight these legal. Like he hates yeah. them so much. You can even see it in his rallies. At his yeah. rallies, when he's there, he's like, oh, this guy, I said every rally. He's like, oh, someone like, we put on a little weight there. He can't help but talk about how fat and ugly his his supporters are. Well, that's the thing. His supporters are his victims. He's a grifter and they are his, they're his marks. They're his, they are his marks. And, and, and it's, so, I, it, there's a sadness to it when you look at these people because they truly believe they're doing the right thing. Like yes. they fully think that every like the, the people against them are evil and terrible. They don't realize they're like on the side of a fucking crazy person. And giving their money to a billionaire who says he doesn't need anybody's money because he's a billionaire. And yeah. that, that's the sad, sick reality, I think, of this Trump era is that for all the demagoguery and the racism and the hate and the real harm of it, it's all just a fucking heist movie. He's just he's just he's just Hans pretending to care about these political prisoners while he's fucking robbing Nakatomi Plaza. Like that's all it's It's, that's all it is. It's money. It's a grift. I know it is. And I I, I tweeted this like now I'm that person who quotes his own tweets. But I actually said when Biden won was I said I said to like the Trump supporters, you may not know it, but you also won. Like, and I mean that, like, from the, like, in the way, like, it's, it's so fucking true. I mean, and, 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 but they'll never, you know, it's religion to them. But anyway. And listen, but I want to make that point, though, too, is fine, is that, you know, and I, I, I've been saying this a lot, like, on the campaign trail for this documentary, but it's an important point, is that this documentary, God forbid, is not about Christians and Christianity. It is about the people who exploit Christians in Christianity yes. for power and, and profit. Yeah, you and that, that comes really across clear. a thousand percent. It, it definitely comes across. You make that really clear, and it's not a screed. This is not like a Bill Maher going after religion. This is not like, a, it's like, it's not one of those things where you're, it has nothing to do with that. It actually is yeah. like, it's pretty sad. I mean, you even, you even point out in one point that there was somebody in, I, I think this is from the documentary, but it was like that somebody came out against Donald Trump and was like, like that was the last person. Oh yeah, it was like I mean the board of trustees usually like the president of a university answers to the board. Here he's like he's like Goldfinger. He has like a button he pushes and like the, <laughs> and the- floor drops out and you just you know you, yeah the guy you never see the guy. And this was a guy who was. Longtime booster of the university, a donor. Yeah. He was his father, Jerry Sr.'s right hand man. The guy had been at the university yeah. as long, if not longer, than Jerry Jr. had. And yeah. the second he said, "Listen, I don't believe that Donald Trump, uh, uh, you know, uh, represents, it represents Christian, Christian values, and I don't know that we, as a nonprofit Christian institution, should be can't you know electioneering for him." And that was it. Yeah. That was the end of it. Nobody yeah. ever heard from him again. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he, he disappeared. Um, well, Billy, it's like, do, do you, uh, is there something else in the barrel you want to talk about or not yet? You can't really talk about stuff you're working on next. I mean, like we literally, we just actually just reviewed the, uh, the 2023 um, slate and it's, there's 10 projects on it. Like all sort of various stages of racing and crawling to a finish line, you know? And know. so, and no. I don't know which one's going to be next. You know, <laughs> I just don't oh, wow. know. Yeah. Well, um, I hope it's the one where, because I know you feel this way that 9-11 was an inside job, and I'm hoping it's that one. <laughs> I don't see how. <laughs> okay, so there, here's a shtick I always wanted to do when I was I'm on kidding, Facebook, obviously. which I'm not anymore on Facebook. Um, there was a, a bit, and I thought this would make a great like uh, uh, late night like desk bit. 
yeah. and I wanted to call it the last comment. That was the name of the bit because oh. one day, one of my last times ever on Facebook, Facebook was like years ago. <laughs> um, it's like Friendster in MySpace, it's like a lost yeah. civilization now for right. me. But like, um, but like, so I posted, man, local news article. I don't remember you say what the that again. You was. cut you you cut out. Yeah. So, so you posted a what? I, I posted the most benign local news store, Florida man local news story. I don't remember what it was, but you can imagine Florida man uh, uh, caught yeah. with mobile meth lab in Walmart men's room. You know, yeah, Florida right. man claim. <laughs> uh, Florida man tells cop uh, uh, cocaine he uh, they found during traffic stop flew in his open window on the highway. You know, like any yeah. number. Of, I don't know what it was. Underneath it was about like 86 comments, like whatever, for whatever reason, it was a funny story. So it kind of blew up and people started going back and forth and interacting with each other. So I'm like this comment. And then I started scrolling and I go to the last comment. And the last comment was <clears throat> Robert, there is no conceivable way that jet fuel could possibly melt and burn at a sufficient temperature oh, that's to, warp, to warp metal to have brought down those and i'm like how the fuck did we get here how the fuck so last the last comment that was my guess but like how the fuck did we <laughs> get to from from florida man meth whatever like yeah to like some 9-11 fucking conspiracy. How did, this is the level of discourse on social media. You remind, oh. me, of, you remind me of a bit that Ty Burrell told me, it was like first or second season of Modern Family. And he said like, you know, he's on social media and it's like, you start reading, you read, you're reading the comments and they're all good. And you go through three pages and they're all good. And then we play the game called Press It Again. And so Press It Again, <laughs> here's the game. You can leave right now and be happy or you can press it again and if it's more good comments you will feel no more happiness but if there's even one <laughs> bad comment it will ruin everything what would you like to do and ty says <laughs> and he thinks about it he's like i'd like to press it again and he presses <laughs> it again. And, 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 and so, and because that is our nature and um, and and but the fact that it's the, a, it's a fro it's a frog in the scorpion, isn't it? It is. It's exactly that. <laughs> no, I'll well, I'll look at like comments that I'll get, and the worst ones are always like I'll post something on Instagram, yeah. and it'll get likes. People will comment, and then three weeks later, people are still commenting, but now they're mad because it's three weeks later, and someone <laughs> sent this to them. They don't even follow me, you know, and they they have figured out why I posted it. I'm like, I don't even remember posting that shit. That was like three weeks ago. And they're just, and then they're getting into it with other people. <laughs> Do you ever get that? Yes, absolutely. And I forgot there were a couple of comics like back in the golden age of all of this stuff <laughs> when people were being funny who would, would pick personal fights on random Instagrams. They were fake, they were fake fights, but they were like, Oh, you, I see you commented on this, but why, you know, why do you believe that? And they would have like these, it, it would be the most innocuous, it would be a picture of five puppies. And then it would get into this huge, and they, they posted all of these things that they would get in these fights. <laughs> um, so Billy, as always, an absolute delight. We're now Thank at the you. point in the show, past it because you're so interesting, frankly, <laughs> um, where we talk about stuff we're watching. Yes. Fun thing so, to do. What have you been so, watching, Billy? What have you been watching if you've had any time? <laughs> yeah. I I watched uh, the first episode of Chippendales on Hulu. Love that. We talked about it last week. Love it. Do you like it? Yeah. I love it. And what's what's particularly is that I knew enough about it to obviously know where this Star 80 thing, you know, like subplot. I didn't know was that going. part. Yeah. Oh, I, I, didn't I knew part. it, but I was still in it. Meaning like knowing where it was going I was that much more interested. That's always like, you never yeah. know. Like, it's like, if I know too much about this, am I going to be interested in it? And I was, I was like, I, because I knew where it was going, I was like that. I like lean. Well, the minute they introduced Darkly Stratton, I was like, oh my God, he was associated with this. So it's it amazing. But keep yeah. going. But, but no, but I immediately think Bob Fosse, right? And Eric yeah. Roberts, Eric oh, Roberts, right, right, right. Yes, and, right. and Marielle Hemingway in Star uh -huh. 80. And I'm like, yeah. oh shit, like this is going to be fucking crazy you know and so and it was i mean what uh what an ending to that pilot well, right? I, all i can say is keep wa watching because kumail's descent 
into he's, this character, and I, I, I don't know how much is he's giving one of the great performances. Like I'm gonna, I, I have to like shout him out because he's, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, and well, it's already such a bizarre and unique like hero yeah. for like or yeah. anti-hero yeah. yeah. for like television like i'm yeah. totally into it um i watched the two episodes of willow uh i had to oh i haven't seen uh, those yet i've seen I, the first yeah, what, two episodes is it any good i remember like willow was the first premiere i ever went to out here really i was, I was like oh no, you were at the willow premiere oh i, I love willow had, yeah i had literally just gotten to la and a friend was associated and i went to it and didn't love it at the time uh so probably not for you at the yeah, time, you know. Not. I mean, you know, like I was also was very high. high. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I that would it. help. I did too. That would help. Yeah. Um, I like it more than Lord of the Rings. Like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Willow, I'm a Willow fan. You're a Willow um, stan. Yeah, Willow stan. I'm a yeah. Willow stan, and um, and uh, the the first episode, there was a moment, the end of the first act, that like, I just, I got choked up where wow. Joanne Whaley so you're almost like half hour into this thing and there's all you know it's you sword and sorcery and and palace intrigue and um and then they're like they start putting together a you know uh uh they're going questing and they kind of make fun of it. it's kind of self-referential in like oh, you good. know that they're they're putting together this you know this fellowship to go and as they like call their names out they inexplicably go to stand up next it's kind of fun and then they're like, well, we're going to need the help. We're going to need someone's help to find, uh, you know, to and and to find him. And then uh, they're like, we're we're going to need a wizard. And she's like, I know where you can find one. And I, oh, even seeing it, I get, I was oh. just like, like, I got like so choked up. He's like, I think she means Willow, you know, Warwick like, Davis. I love her. <laughs> and I was just he, like, is he back for it? The original? Uh, what's his? I'm afraid he's Warwick. Warwick is is he in it? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. Yeah, he's I love a, him. I yeah. love Warwick Davis. And it's just like she says that. And I'm like, so at the beginning, I'm like, I'm watching it. It's fun. It's like, you know, it's like the, it's like a cross between like, you know, sort of a CW version of Game of Thrones. Like, and I'm yeah. and I'm not sure if it's for me. Like, I'm but I'm I'm there. It's Willow, right? And that and she says that, and I'm like, got me. You just you just got <laughs> and the beginning, they 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 create a lot of urgency with this. There's a kidnapping, they're they gotta get this guy, and then the top of episode two stop for fan service. They like it. The whole thing comes to a screeching halt for fan service. Oh, like that's amazing. They're, they're with Willow and they have to do all that. And I'm just like, they deliberately kind of like took the wind out of the sails of, of the urgency, but I'm all, I'm here for it. Yeah. So they, they got the urgency it. episode yeah. one, nostalgia episode two. Hopefully they combine them episode three. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> and they, and you know, just, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked. I, I don't know that it's like the greatest show ever, but it's, I'm, I'm in, you okay, know, I'm I'm watch in. and, and we watched the entire first season and into the second. So uh, my wife's very good at this at like, she'll like kind of preview shit and then be like, this is for you. This is not for you. I'll watch yeah. this by myself. Yeah. I'll, you know, we'll watch this here. So, but she's very good now at like being my art, oh, yeah. my built like, no. Yeah. And like, and we'll watch like something. I'll be like, you know what? If we watch something together for the first time, I'll be like, this is you, you know, you watch this and I'll, I'll you know, go away. And so, um, <laughs> so she, so she goes, she watches this show. She goes, I think you're going to like it. It's what it's like. The sex lives of college girls or something on on, on HBO. The Mindy Kaling show. The yeah. Mindy Kaling show, and I'm like, really? Like, why am I? Like, she's like, I think you're gonna. She also watched The Boys on Amazon, and she was right. I love she's the totally boys. right about that. Love that. Got me. Yeah. So again, she's always, and so I always have to give it a shot because she's usually. Yeah. I I'm like, what do I need to watch a show about the sex lives of college girls? But it is charming and hilarious the actresses are incredible they are good. writing the writing is like i just like hanging out with these with these characters like it's just this it's this wonderful world so should we report billy right now is that what we i need think i just feel like just clock it <laughs> just clock the time code i, I, know, I just want to know it's like just okay. mentally they like, say like were there any signs? Well, there was this one thing. We had a- <laughs> all of a sudden we're going to be in a documentary, and it's going to show our faces. No, I, 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 I was, I was dating somebody who really liked that show, and I watched it, and we, it was sort of at the toward the end of our relationship, and um, and so I, I think it colored how I felt about that show more. I mean, I liked it, 
but it was like I I I probably didn't feel fall head over heels with it as much as you did. But like, but like you know, and like as a as a girl dad, and like you know, kind mm-hmm. of wa- like and watching it with my wife, no less. I I also thought it was kind of cool how they like kind of turn the male gaze onto the men. Like I, I, I like that too, you know, actually. Yeah, like, like I'm not, I'm not into watching a bunch of shirtless, college, ripped college guys, but like, I get why this is a, like after years of like content being made for us, you know, with topless women and all that. Yeah. I was kind of like, yeah, let him have it, you know. So just, to re- <laughs> just to recap, the two things you're recommending are shirtless college guys and Chippendales. Got it. Okay, and that, <laughs> and the little guy, and the little guy. <laughs> you know what, Danny? It goes double for me. Make that two. You know, I like the same. You know, we're all with you. <laughs> Jenny, oh my God, I'm, I'm, on a, I'm on a registry now, aren't yeah, I? Yeah, no, no, you're fine. <laughs> Isn't that the good kind? Um, I've been enjoying uh, White Lotus. Very enjoyable. I know, I gotta watch this. Is it really, does it hold up next to the first season? Okay, so I watched the pilot. I didn't think, I was like, ugh. That's what I, I was watched. Just, I wasn't, I couldn't get, I, I, but everybody says it gets great. Yes, yeah, so I'm like, I'm in it. I'm going to watch again the next week. And then, then it was like, all of a sudden something clicked. And then it started like it wow. found its rhythm. So yeah. I think this, is this Sunday the last episode? I think it might be. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not I'm sure. Gonna, but I'm, I'm, I'll guarantee Yeah, I'll I've been very much enjoying that. What about you? So I, I'm like two and a half episodes in. So I was a big fan on Netflix of this science fiction show, German show called Dark. Uh-huh. I don't know if oh, you ever you saw it. You your foreign shows. You do. But Dark was, <laughs> and, and, but Dark is like, absolutely especially that first season mind-bendingly good it's uh it it deals with it it covers sort of like time paradoxes in a way that like is so it it hurts your brain like you i actually had to watch this show with a chart to see who people were and what that affected and i loved it it was challenging and smart and brilliantly acted and those that production company has done a new show on netflix which is much more accessible and equally like what the fuck is going on called 1899 on Netflix. And it's, it's, it's not in German. I mean, it's in multiple languages, but it's primarily English, but there's like Italian and it's, it's just, I have no idea where it's going. And I'm like totally surrendering. I, I love when I can watch a show and not know where it's going. So that's, so that's the one I'm uh, I'm I'm suggesting this. Week. Perfect. I'm going to give that a whirl. Eighteen. I would watch Dark for a season more than anything. That's like uh, I'm going to give it a shot. So I'm doing. It. I feel. I feel like I have two new shows now. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, I love anything with time travel. And of course, way, God never, forbid on Hulu. And God forbid on Hulu. And by the way, if you're looking at time travel, and it's I think it also is on Hulu, and it's been like for they're promoting it right now. It was on the Sci-Fi Network, and it's not. So it's 12 Monkeys, the series. Now, I love the movie 12 Monkeys. This is a completely different animal, but with the same kind of premise. And it's brilliant. It's like just a brilliantly well done show. I you you got me with 1899 because like I love and 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 my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies of all time is Psycho, but not for the most obvious reasons. The reason is that because if I were to lock you in a room and you'd never seen it and I showed you the first five minutes of Psycho, or really even the first 25 or 30 minutes of Psycho, and the last five minutes, you would bet the rent that these are from two totally different movies. There's no way to get there in an hour and 45 minutes. And that's what I try to do with God Forbid. Like is like if I should do the first five minutes, it, by the way. yeah, you'd be like, "What the fuck? There's no way to get there in an hour and thirty five minutes." Yeah, and the last puff of smoke for God forbid before we say goodbye <laughs> is this because you did remind me of this. Is that's it? You set this thing up like a fun sex romp in a way. Like, look at what this is. It's a fun sex romp, and then the implications of it all become incredible. So, like, we are. In a way, in a weird way, we're all complicit watching this movie of the salaciousness of it. And then and then it, so it's 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 just it's really, really good storytelling, Billy. Our, our yeah. friend Todd Shulman at Hyper Object at Adam McKay's company, the executive produced this with us. He says that um, he calls this work and some of our best work of which I hope this, God forbid, it ranks among. He calls it Trojan horse filmmaking. It is. He's That's like, perfect yeah, way to he's it. like. 
you you tempt the audience with the candy and then you slip in the broccoli, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I got I got that I got those Brussels sprouts right in there. Uh, <laughs> thank you, by the way, for the kind words and thank you for recommending uh everybody watch it. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean that. I think I think and honestly, we never plan these things to be like hour-long commercials or something. And you can go back and listen. We don't generally do that. But both yeah. Jenny and I are like wild fans of this and it's Absolutely. so thought provoking. So there you go. Um anyway, thank you, Billy. Thank you, Billy. Good, good thank night, you, good Yeah. Good night. <laughs> and I'm gonna go watch someone I care about get fucked by somebody younger and hotter. Um, <laughs> classic um, classic Thursday for Danny. Typical <laughs> Thursday. Thank you, doing it nation. We'll be back next week. Thank you. I can't promise it'll be a better guest because how could we do better? But it'll be better. Um, and uh, um, and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>